good morning, everyone. Okay, last week, last week it got hot in here. It got crazy hot. Remember all the sweat? I prayed to Jesus like, Lord, please, not again. Because I asked, I asked my wife, hey, I'm, I'm going to roll with shorts because I'll be cooler. No, you can't roll with shorts. It's dishonoring. She had many reasons. I didn't understand them because I wasn't listening. I just knew I had to wear pants because I wear the pants in my family. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, though I'm wearing pants, I managed to roll with my slippers, right? The chanclas. That's my hope to stay cool. Um, last week, we did cover a text in the book of Ephesians that I really believe is so powerful. And if you were not here last week, I would highly encourage you to uh, grab a hold of uh, whether online or just read that text uh, as we're finishing Ephesians chapter 3. So let's go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, while we're doing that, let's welcome Ventura and Carpinteria, huh? I was sad for you guys to have to witness all the sweat on, on screen. But Santa Barbara had to witness it live. Um, this, this prayer that Paul breaks into at the end of chapter 3 is so powerful. And last week the encouragement was is that we would grab a hold of that prayer and make it a prayer for ourselves and for each other which I really believe we should continue to. And as we read here, um, we're going to start with verse 20. Paul concludes the prayer with this doxology in singing or saying or singing, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more then we might ask or think all glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus and all generations forever and ever. Amen. As Paul was soaring in prayer, he closes the first half of this letter with this magnificent doxology. That word doxology is a fancy word for an expression of praise, adoration, Generally to God. Yet in all of us, in the heart of every child, teenager, and adult, there is a need or a longing to sing a doxology. We might sing it more to athletes, rock stars, architecture, technology, politicians, Purple Mountain majesties. We do so other than God. We may... Um, not have a full understanding of doxology, but pretty much we, we all cannot deny that there is within us, within the heart of every man, a desire to sing and praise. Because we were made to. 
We were made to worship and sing. We were made to have a hero to brag about, to sing about. And that hero is none other than God himself. The main reason people feel awkward about singing or shouting glory to God in the same way as we do um, athletes or rock stars is because he's not as real to them as a Michael Phelps or a Justin Bieber or a LeBron James or a Paul McCartney. You see, we as a society can see what Michael Phelps has done. Amazing feat. They're claiming him to be one of the most amazing Olympic athletes because they can see his results. They can see what he has accomplished. And so I think all of us are in awe of what he's done. And so the meaning of doxology is clear, and that is to admire. Yet, friends, there's nothing wrong with us as believers, being able to admire such accomplishments. Experiencing and having your heart soar in admiration towards God depends on whether you have ears to hear or eyes to see that above and behind every admirable thing here on earth, behind it is the magnificence and glory of a creator God, he's behind all of that. As, as we look here in where we lived, beautiful Santa Barbara or Ventura or the promised land of Carpinteria, we see there's mountains and there's oceans and we look around us and there is great glory to be given to God because he is a creator, amen? We don't give glory to Mother Earth. We give glory to God. For he's created all things, as we see in John 1, 1. And so we're able to give glory to the proper one. Even admiring a LeBron James, we're able to admire and adore this precious God who gave breath to that man. And so as we look at this text here this morning, my hope and my prayer is that this morning that we will grow and know more of this longing in us to sing in admiration of our king. My hope is that we will join Paul in praise. Paul was able to praise in the way he did because of his understanding of who God was. That's why the prayer of last week was so important. We want to pray that we grow in our knowledge of who God is. Because as we grow in that, we're able to look beyond the Michael Phelps and give glory to God. And not feel bad about it. But why is it? What was it that launched Paul into orbit in this prayer? Well, biblical doxologies usually have a phrase or two in them that sum up why doxology is being sung. And here in Ephesians 3, we're going to read it again. Now, all glory to God, 
who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. What sends Paul into orbit here is the thought that in the church, God can do more than we can ask and he can do more than we could ever think. Those are the two things that sends him into this praise. Number one, he sees the power of God over the church goes beyond what we can think or imagine. Number two, he sees that the love of God for the church goes beyond what we can think or imagine. Now, if we think back to the prayer of Paul in verses 8 and 19, he prays that the church may have the power to comprehend with all the saints how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of God towards us. And we know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. As we parallel that with verse 20, as he's... uh, displaying or trying to get us to understand the power of God, his ability. God is able to do infinitely more. I like what John Piper says in regards to these two verses. He says, when the massive weather front of God's love meets the massive weather front of God's power in the hearts of a believer, it produces a hurricane of confidence called Gloria, a powerful doxology. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, can I get an amen? Amen. That's powerful. These truths need to ignite in our hearts. As a church, that is why I'm convinced that we here, reality on the coastlands, are to join Paul in this prayer so that we might grow in our knowledge of his love and grow in our understanding of his power. Because in doing so, God gets the glory. That's the role of the church. As we gain confidence and understanding of this magnificent, powerful God, we grow in that blessed assurance. We come on a Sunday morning with a a greater degree of confidence and and assurance that leads us to song and praise. That is the role of the church, to grow in this. Verse 21, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. To God be the glory. Now and forever, here in this church, this local expression, here, to God be the glory. Look at Ephesians 3.10. God's purpose in all of this, Paul speaking 
of this mystery of the, the Jews and Gentiles coming together to, to make this third race to uh, form the church, the bride of Christ. And the purpose was to use the bride or to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in all the heavenly places. See, Paul sees the church as a theater for God's glory. The plan, the plan of the mystery hidden for all ages is that God, who created all things, that through the church, the magnifold wisdom of God might be shown on display to all principalities, powers, and the heavenly places throughout the universe. The other night I had a, a wonderful time of, I, I, I'm obsessed with snuggles with my kids and, and as they get older they, they, they want less snuggles and, it, and it, it just hurts to the core and so I cling to the little ones. I could be death tired and they're like, Dad, are you, you going to snuggle? Like, oh yes, I'll, I'll drag myself in there. And as we're snuggling, I'm snuggling with Mercy, and then I'm snuggling with Judah, and he's got questions. You know how kids, they, 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 they want to prolong them going to sleep, so all of a sudden they have questions beyond belief. And me, because I'm a sucker and I want snuggles, I'll, I'll roll with it. And he was asking about heaven, and we were praying, and he was like, God, is, is, is heaven... Is it beyond the stars? Like, where, where is heaven? He's all, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I think that heaven is, is beyond the lava, it's beyond, he's just kind of rattling off all this craziness. But, but it was beautiful that in his mind, heaven was so big, so big. And it was beyond the universe. And think of, think of what we're being, what's being said here is that God has chosen us as the church to glorify himself f from, from the lava or from the earth to the universe. In between, from where he resides to here on earth, he wants to display his glory and he's chosen you and I to do so. That's amazing. Church, what a privilege and an honor. That's amazing. That he would choose you and I to glorify himself. We're to display him. And as Paul paints his pictures, is, is uh, again like a, a theater that we're, we're to display his glory and Jesus Christ is the main character. That is, as this coastlands, as Santa Barbara looks into this building, they are to see the glory of God displayed here. And to be moved and affected by it. The reason God created the world and called the church into being is so that he would reflect his glory, his many-sided wisdom to the universe. It's beyond Santa Barbara. It's beyond the coastlands. 
Yet reality here in the coastlands is his local expression of the universal church. And our destiny is to be a visible and audible doxology to God, a praise to him. As I reflected and was praying through this message and what, what brought Paul to a, a place, because he does it not just in Ephesians, he, he does it in, in other epistles where he just breaks into praise. Because his, he's gaining understanding of who God is. And, and, and friends, that's where we need to be, growing in our understanding of God's power and God's love. We need to grow in this. Because the more we grow in it, the more he glows in it all. You know, it, it caused me to think back to what, what God is doing just here in the coastlands, just here, just here in Santa Barbara. I mean, trip out. I mean, God meets us radically in a gym. I mean, this is a gym. When, before we ever started, Britt got all the staff. He says, hey, listen, we're never going to call it a gym. We're going to call it a sports pavilion. <laughs> Bro, it's a gym, okay? Last week, I was sweating in the gym. When, when we got the approval to meet here, there were other local churches that were like, because we're really good friends with the, the other pastors in the, the local church, they were like, how did you guys get in there? We've been trying forever to get in there, just to do anything there. To God be the glory. I mean, just the fact that we're meeting in this building is amazing. And to see what God is doing in here, He's saving souls. Salvation has come. Healing has come. Restoration has come. Yet God wants to do more, abundantly more. Amen? Amen. God is not done here. This is just, we're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do here in Santa Barbara. I think of down south, what God is doing in Ventura. Even with the purchase of that building, if you have not been there, it's so beautiful. What God has done there in the families that are growing in the knowledge of Christ, the, the children's ministry there, families are finding fruit in their life, uh, marriages are being healed in Ventura. God is doing so much. I remember uh, just watching the video just brought memories of the, the deep Times of worship, before the, the church even started, our times of prayer and worship there were of splendor. They were so rich, yet God wants to do more. We can never get in a place of complacency and see, wow, look what God is doing or look what God has done. Look what God can do, is what Paul is saying. Look what God can do. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask, think, or imagine. He is not done. He wants to heal more marriages. He wants to touch more lives. 
Salvation is yet to come to more people in Ventura, Carpinteria, and Santa Barbara. God is wanting to move. And we are to display his glory as an expression of what he is doing in admiration. And by doing so, we declare it. I've seen where some people, I've seen where some people just gotten saved during worship. Because God is so thick and moving. It's a testimony, not to the worship team. It's a testimony not to the dim lights or the, the location or the building. We're in a gym. <laughs> Glory cannot be given to these walls or to these people leading us in worship. Glory give to God because he's moving and touching lives. And as we allow him to do so in us, he begins to do so in others. There's more to be done. Amen? Amen. Man, I, I think of that little, that little church in Carpinteria that just was bulging in its attendance, which caused the growth of Ventura, which caused the growth of here in Santa Barbara. And ultimately, that little, that little church is affecting San Francisco, L.A., Stockton. Ultimately, we know it's to God be the glory what he's doing, but he's used that little church globally. Yet he wants to do more. That's why he set his sights on Boston. God is wanting to do more. I think of what God has done uh, locally in Carpinteria with the Spanish ministry and the prayer meetings and I've seen teenagers yield to Christ and ultimately are, are, are now young adults who serve here. It's amazing what God has done, yet he wants to do more. God wants to do more, church. God is able to do more, is what Paul is testifying, that God is able to do more. Amen? <laughs> the Bible testifies to the ability of God. The Old Testament testifies that this pillar of fire is able to lead we see the, the, the Red Sea parted. We, say, we see God's ability to do more. The New Testament, we see what God has done. Walking on water, turning water into wine, virgin births, sick being healed, lame walking, dumb talking. Yet God is able to do more. He's not done. That's not a testimony of what he has done. It's what he has done and can do and wants to do. God is wanting to do more amongst us. The testimony of here on the coastlands and the testimony of what God has done throughout history written in this book testifies to his ability that truly he is able. As Paul says that he is able, he 
is able to break into praise because he has seen that he's able to do more. It's so good to hear. So good to know. Friends, maybe even now, even here this morning, you're here and you don't feel like God is able. He's still able to. Even when you doubt and when you're faithless, God is faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13. If you are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. God is able. Maybe you're here feeling discouraged. Maybe you haven't been the Christian that you felt like God has called you to be. Friends, God is able. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, says 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed with temptation. You need to know that God is able. Hebrews 2.18 says, since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. That's a testimony of God's ability. God is able to assist you. When you're feeling tempted, when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling doubt, when you're struggling with fear and anxiety. I love this text in Jude 1. Verse 24 says, Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from failing, from falling away, and to bring you with great joy into his presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond. God is able. God is able to meet you in your struggles and your fear. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't feel loved, you're feeling defeated. You need to know that his love and kindness is better than life. That he's able because there is more power and more love available to you. He is not done with us, church. He is not done with us. He wants to do more because he's able to. It's in his ability It's not just this hope, this, this unseen hope that we just, we hope we can, he can do more. No, he is able to do more. He's proven himself to be faithful. My advice this morning is that we would allow him to do so. As we engage in praise and adoration, that we would make this second set become a doxology to the testimony of who God is and what God wants to do. Because as I said, the more God does in us, the more glory he gets. And so that's where we respond. 
for wanting to display this glory, then we yield to his authority. We yield to the love. We yield to his power. Because in doing so, as we come, as we meet with him on the carpets, as we, as we lay out our lives before him, friends, ultimately, he's glorified in it. We can't get in this place of complacency. Well, well God has done this, or I feel like he can't do that, or I'm just going to try to do this. No, we yield to him and allow the love and the power of God to be that hurricane in our heart a constant work in our lives. A constant work in our lives so that we're constantly glorifying him. He's not done with the marriages. He wants to do more with teenagers, setting them free. He wants to do more with kids and more healing amongst us. So my advice is that we now set our sights on him who is able to do abundantly above all what we can ask or imagine. Humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord that he would lift us up. Struggle with fear, anxiety, temptation, discouragement, doubting. Here's my prescription for you. Come, get the, get the, I'm calling it the combo deal. <laughs> Go get prayer, engage in communion, remembering who he is and what he's able to do, and then hit the deck. That's the combo deal. And I challenge the combo deal, especially to those in the, in, in the back. Because I, I, I just think even just practically, just, oh my, oh, it's, it's so much. Yet he's wanting to do so much. I mean, you think of Ventura, the people up in the, the second level, that second tier up there. God is calling you guys down to hit the deck, to get the combo deal. Because in doing so, God gets the glory. Friends, he is able. He wants to do more. He's wanting to move amongst us. We need to put ourselves in a right position to allow him to do so. Because in doing so, he gets the glory. Amen? Yeah. Now and forever. Now and forever and ever. Amen. Let's make this second set right now, here today, and then further on as an opportunity to be a doxology to the glory of God as we continue to yield our lives to him. Being utterly convinced that he is able. Jesus, thank you for this morning and we come to you and we would ask that you would be glorified in us. We want to ask, Lord, we, we pray that there would be less of us and more of you. And so move amongst us as we seek to praise our heavenly God. As we seek to bring adoration and praise due unto your name. There is none like you, O oh Lord. Who is like you? Have your way with us. Come meet with us.
We pray that your presence would be thick and known here. We desire a greater understanding of how high and how deep and how wide is your love towards us, oh God. We want to grow an understanding of the power of God that in, in doing so, Lord, that you would be glorified. So come, have your way with us, King Jesus. Lead us into our doxology. For truly, we believe that there is none other worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's respond. Let's glorify him by yielding, by seeking, by trusting, trusting him. In doing so, we grow in our admiration. We grow in allowing him to be glorified in our lives.